They're coming to get you, Barbara. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise me. Because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. Hey y'all, welcome to Who Shall Ya? It's your boy, I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. With me in the studio, I have, oh, to my right, the host of the Switchblade Sisters podcast. Sometimes it's known as an April. April? Wolf? I forgot your last name almost there, April. Um, it's uh, it's a good one, so don't. <laughs> I know, how dare uh, I? How Wolf, dare Wolf, I? that's me. Hi, Ricky. <laughs> it's my favorite Jack Nicholson movie, Wolf. Yeah, I said it. It's a good one. It's a good one. It is not. I don't like that. Video. I don't like that on tape. He erased that statement. Uh, also with me in the studio, the the metal metal of Navidad, the film reviews editor at the Rap, Alonzo Durale. Hey, Ricky. Sometimes hey. it snows in April. Hungry like the wolf. <laughs> Now, uh, we are introducing a live episode that we recorded on July 5th at the Dynasty Typewriter Theater. We did a live episode where we screened uh, one of my favorite movies, Attack the Block. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what did we all think of that evening? It was pretty goddamn great, huh? Oh, God, it was amazing. It was our our first live show. It was uh, very thrilling. And and, uh, that movie totally holds up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holds up. Dynasty Typewriter was so wonderful to host us. Oh, and, they were dolls. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Travel, such a great guest to have. That's right. We were joined by Travel Anderson of the LA Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will hear him after the movie. We, we, have, a, we have a great discussion. Uh, we had great, all of our great listeners were there. They came, uh, they came out and supported the show. They asked us questions. Uh, we had Cafe Bustelo in the building, though. Come on now. Because that makes it a party. Yeah. <laughs> now, do we think people should, like, pause this and go watch Attack the Block again before this discussion? Or, like, will the discussion make them want to go see Attack the Block? What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I would say yes to all that. Okay. El Mero Mero, if I may. I would say CC <laughs> to all that. Uh, yeah, I would say stop listening to us right now. Go watch the movie. And then come back and listen to uh, the rest of the yeah. show. We'll still be here. Yeah. We'll still be here. Or you know, I'll I'll just say my switchblade, you know, motto that it's not what happens, but how it happens that makes a movie worth watching. Uh, so I mean, if you really are that lazy where you don't want to watch it first and you just want to listen, I don't think that we'll completely spoil everything. If only we'll still spectacular. We Wet your appetite. Wet <laughs> your appetite. Yes. Enjoy the bonus episode because that's what's up. I saw this movie was uh, was like when I first moved here to Los Angeles. I think I had been living here maybe four or five months, and I just went down to Meltdown Comics because I was poor and I couldn't afford things to do, so I could just go there and read comics. And and, the, and at the front desk, they had these passes to this movie called uh, Attack the Block. So I I, uh, I get passes for myself and my roommate, and we go see this movie. We knew nothing about it other than it was like aliens and British. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I like both of those things. I'm cool with those. And it just like completely blew, it blew me away. It blew my roommate away. And it, you, it was one of those movies where we could tell everybody in the theater was like, oh, damn, we didn't know it was going to be that good. You know, it was just like that surprising. Uh, and just like a really solid movie. And it's like, it, it immediately went on my list of like, whenever I have friends over and we're supposed to watch a movie, uh, and we don't supposed know to. <laughs> because I decide what happens. <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, we're going to watch a movie. Like, if we can't decide on a movie, uh, I feel like I can always tell people, uh, hey, let's watch District 9. 99% of the time, people are going to love that movie. 
hey, American Werewolf in London, 99% of the time, people are going to love that movie. Attack the Block, very quickly on that list of like, I show this movie, it's also, that movie's an hour and 28 minutes long. You don't even have enough time to be like, did I I like that? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. It's over already. Uh, And it just has that kind of uh, effect on you. It it, it at least had that uh, uh, effect on me. Uh, How did you all feel watching this movie? Travel, you'd never seen this movie before? Um, So I found it illegally online last night. Um, (laughs) Because I don't do the whole suspense thriller thing in public. He agreed to do this podcast Uh, before he even knew what the movie was. I know. (laughs) I should stop saying yes. I should know what I'm doing before I show up. But I found it illegally online. I was like, okay, let me watch this. Because I read the IMDb page and I was like, oh my God, my anxiety is going to be high and I don't want to distract people from, you know, jumping in my seat. And so I watched it last night and I paused it four times. So it felt a lot longer than, you know, 90 minutes. Just putting that out there. Um, But yeah, last night was my first time seeing it. This is my second. I still, you know, jumped a little in my seat, even though I watched it last night. Oh, fantastic. Um, Yeah, it's it's a moment. I watched it again last night and Dave mocked me because I still jump when the monsters pop up. Oh, yeah. And I saw it in the last 24 hours. (laughs) No, the the same deal, though. I remember going to see this movie and not really knowing much about it and, and yeah, just being blown away. It was my first What the Flick 10. Mm. Um, And it's funny, my favorite movies that year were this and Andrew Haig's Weekend, which are both set, like, almost entirely in British council flats for whatever reason. It was just... 2011 was the hot year for that, I guess. I'm not. I'm not familiar with Andrew. What's his last name? Hague. He I'm not, did. I'm not he, familiar with that movie. Weekend. It's super gay. Yeah. <laughs> but you would dig it, I think. That's not why I'm not familiar with that yeah, movie. I want to make that very clear. Same. <laughs> I live in Los Angeles. I love everybody. I'm very liberal. I'm very liberal. <laughs> We're talking visible jizz gay. I'm fine with that as well. I'm very liberal. I'm very liberal. <laughs> You should totally see it. <laughs> I want to be there for this. I'm so excited. <laughs> April, what did you think? I don't even remember when I saw this movie, but um, I'm a big fan of anything where the uh, the monsters are actual puppets, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I was very excited that that was something that they used. And um, obviously, I'm really into class struggle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's kind of like my sweet spot where their pu- publicists will find me if there's a movie that's about class struggle because they're like, she's going to be into it. So. And monsters. <laughs> Claire, Ask April what she thought of Sorry things. to Bother You. Ask her what she thought of Sorry to Bother oh, You after God. the show. What an, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> I went into a fugue state for my review because it was just so fucking good. Tra- Travella, you that, that was one of the things you mentioned backstage as well, though, is kind of the socio-political message that would slowly creep out uh, throughout the movie. Were there any specific moments? Well, I mean, I think one of the obvious moments is when John Boyega, you know, gives his very hotepi explanation of what he thinks. uh, You know, (laughs) the government has created these monsters to come and, you know, kill black folk, right? No, I reckon, yeah. I reckon the Fed sent them anyway. Government probably bred those creatures to kill black boys. First they sent drugs to the ends. Then they sent guns. Now they send monsters to get us. They don't care, man. We ain't killing each other fast enough. So they decided to speed up the process. But throughout the movie, I do think there's some interesting conversation going on uh, when they're in the weed room. And um, 
I think I, I forget his name, but he's talking to the the female protagonist, and he's like, "Oh, London's not exotic enough for your boyfriend. He can't, he can't help us right here. He has to go to Ghana to go help out the little Africans." Um, and so I think it's just interesting. And then even the part where they're like, "You know, if we knew you lived here, we wouldn't have mugged you." Um, and so it's this interesting dynamic, I think, of you know the different reasons why people kind of want to state claim and ownership over you know what they call home. Um, and and in a way, police who's able to come in and, and partake. Yeah, yeah. The one of the two moments that I that I noticed uh, tonight was uh, the John Boyega moment that you just spoke of, and then towards the end of the film, I don't know uh, if you all guys saw this when they are kind of like trying the character our, our main group is trying to like leave uh, the projects, and you think that when the smoke clears. It's going to be all the aliens standing there, and it's all the cops, and it's like, oh yeah, there's this fucking bad guys all around for these uh, for the, for this crew. So yeah, I found that very. Uh, I, I appreciated that very much that the movie was able to kind of go in that direction and not just make it, uh, you know, good guys and aliens. Uh, That's a good movie too. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. It's, cowboys it's, and it's aliens. Better than cowboys and Ooh, aliens. Good guys and aliens. <laughs> but no, you. But it, it's funny because that, and that, that intersects with, like, you almost wonder what the chicken and the egg was. Like, did it, did you want to make a movie about sort of like you know poor people facing aliens, or a movie about aliens in that horrible labyrinthine you know housing project, you know, as a location? Like, what was the you know, either one is an interesting idea, and so to have them both kind of come together. Yeah, he said he got mugged. Um, John, Cor- he got mugged, and then while he was getting mugged, said, "What would happen if aliens interrupted this?" And it's like, <laughs> so I'm going to create a movie. So, like, while he's and getting mugged, he's like, "What would happen?" That's not what happens to me if I'm getting mugged. I'm not. <laughs> You're not thinking of like motherfuckers on Mars. What, what if aliens? No. <laughs> Maybe like Bruce, he was incredibly stoned at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was actually. <laughs> Is there a reason, or or do you do? Does anybody here feel that the movie still feels relevant today? I mean, this movie came out in 2011. We've talked about the kind of socio political uh, little little messages uh, that Joe Cornish has put in there. Does it still feel? Does it still feel relevant today? Seven years later. When, when will it not feel yeah. relevant? I'm, uh, I mean, no, because the cops are so great now. So, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, completely. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I'm sure you could make this movie now, and you know, it would barely be. You know, the song choices would be different, and that's about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Female pheromones still topical. <laughs> <laughs> I want a granny magnet shirt. Where do we, where do we get that? That's so good. <laughs> also, still topical. Totally. Uh, one of the, another thing that I really appreciated uh, about the movie, uh, I didn't want to say this before we watch it because I felt like it would be a spoiler, but not everybody makes it in this movie. You know, oh boy, gets his head ripped off. Uh, and I really appreciated that they, when that happens, uh, it's such a shocking moment, and it raises the stakes so much. Uh, you start to realize like there's consequences to uh, anything, to, to everything that happens in the movie. It's not just going to be this fun romp 
where uh, ma- where our main characters say cool lines here and there, and maybe throw some British slang at, and we're like, "Ooh, that's dope!" And then everybody walks out. I mean, that's that's not what happens in this movie. Poseidon Adventure. Is that is that similar to that? That Poseidon Adventure. That's because people start dying. Like the, your name cast starts dropping dead in that movie, and it's like, okay. Anything can happen now. Like, who's going to make it out to the end? Are they? Is, are any of them going to make it to the end? Because yeah. once a movie plays that hand, it's like, oh, okay, well, then this is not going to be like, this isn't the pilot for a series where you're all characters. Yeah. You know, like, we might lose some of you along the way. Yeah, that's like the really big departure from any kind of Steven Spielberg influence that he had for this movie. But it also seems realistic to the characters who um, would likely... Uh, in their life, see their friends possibly die and have to continue and carry on. Sure. So that seems like it had to happen. Yeah, I just I, want to give one shout out to our sisters in the film. You ain't bringing all them people in here. No, they're involved in something. Someone's chasing them. They got weapons. And look, that one's bleeding. And that woman, I don't even know that woman. I'm not getting myself involved in a situation I don't need to be in. It's my house dimples. Come. Tia and Dimples, <laughs> they beat the shit out that motherfucker. With an ice skate. I'm just saying. They, I mean, like, and a they're the ones who act, right? right? I think so, yeah. They're they're actual actors. No, they, I mean, like, like they like, you know, John uh, Moses is hanging out behind the, the couch just, like, right, afraid. They action, and yeah. they're the ones like, yes, someone has to break a lamp and electrocute these animals, it was obviously. Everything. And, <laughs> Sam, ice and, and Sam saves him in that scene, too. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really great that everybody gets to kind of like of the survivors. They all get to kind of have their moment. Sam gets to have her moment where she directly saves uh, saves Moses. Mayhem and props. Mayhem and I mean those two little dudes, <laughs> right? I hate children, but I would adopt those motherfuckers <laughs> so quick. What if it jumps at us? Then throw the banger. What if I miss? Then we run. What if it kills us? No one is going to ever call you mayhem if you keep on acting like such a pussy. <laughs> so quick. Oh, it was so great. The crew itself, uh, in- including uh, including the, t- the-, the two young boys, like, I really ap- appreciated that it went against, even though it, it-, it falls in the Spielberg realm of, like, having children in the lead, mm-hmm. it leans more towards the john carpenter aspect where it's like hey we're gonna get these group of uh group of dudes uh in john carpenter's sense and then just kind of put them in this extreme situation and watch how they deal with it and you know what what's a tip off even before the kids start dying that we're up against like not the usual movie rules the dog dies the dog bro I, I should have. I wish I'd have checked that website before yes. I. Does the dog die? <laughs> com. Keep, for, keep forgetting. Answer yes. <laughs> I forgot that the dog died. So when I, I did watched, too. yeah, I was like, oh Go. fuck! Now I got to sit through this. Oh, uh, we we talked about the creatures uh, earlier. Uh, here's what Joe Cornish said about the reason he did not want to use CGI uh, aliens. They used a lot of practical effects in this movies. A lot of uh, people wearing suits. Uh, Joe said, I wanted to do something where it's strength in its absence of detail rather than the amount of detail. Uh, John Boyega said, uh, working with uh, 
having actual people in suits. After some scenes, I would give the aliens a stroke, and that's when you see their cute side. Although inside the costume, it's an angry stunt guy thinking, what is wrong with this kid? (laughs) (laughs) There's a movie called The Bad and the Beautiful, where Ah. Kirk Douglas plays a, a... low-budget producer who becomes, like, a big deal. And early on, he has to make this crappy, like, invasion of the Catman movie, and the cat costumes are terrible. And what he decides is to, like, throw everything in so much shadow that you never really quite see the monsters all that well, and that makes them scarier and more effective. And this movie, I think, really holds its cards to its vest as far as letting us take a good long look at them until, you know, a good middle of the film, really, before we see one from, you know, stem to stern. Yeah, Trebell, did it work for you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It worked very, very well. Uh, Watching this by myself in my apartment. (laughs) I stopped it at about the halfway mark and turned all the lights on. And I think it's it's pretty impressive too that I mean it's the design of the creatures is unique, but the uniqueness I think is just how kind of general it is. I mean the the monsters are they have these kind of glowing teeth, and then they're just pitch black. You know there is it's not like the monsters from I would say like a Quiet Place where when they finally show up and you see them it's like an elaborate CGI shot and there's like teeth. Uh, all around. I really appreciated that the, Joe Cornish went the other way. It was like, it's just that these things are scary and intense. What they look like themselves, I mean, it's, dare I say, it's like the never-ending story, the, the nothingness. Is that right? Is that the, is it, was that what they were called in the never-ending story? Someone will tell you if you're wrong, I'm I sure. I never saw it. I don't know. You'll tell me if I'm wrong, right? <laughs> just come up to the mic and tell him he's wrong. <laughs> Uh, I want to, and and they're practical, so you can tell that they're really in the room with them. I think that's a that's a that's yeah. a tangible that you can tell the difference. Yeah, because they they went to they went to like movement school to to make that work. That's you know those actors are all doing very interesting movements. They look like running gorillas. It's creepy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we want to w- open it up now to uh, any questions y'all might have. If anybody has a question, uh, feel free to come up to one of these uh, microphones right here. And if not, we'll just keep on talking and for if, a yeah, second. If not, we'll just keep on jibber-jabbing. I want to throw in just a little bit of trivia while people are considering I, walking up to the microphone. I this wish will be you would. Very short. Um, when I talked about architecture earlier, this is my nerd glasses thing. That um, uh, the. <laughs> the architect who is the the godfather of the projects uh, internationally, um, those terrible buildings that were built everywhere and began in America, is uh, Robert Moses. His name is Moses, and the Ooh. hero's name is also Moses, and so there's also the biblical meaning of Moses too, so there's a lot of deep history and things going on in that. What's the other horror movie that's from the 90s or the ooze that was shot in like the super creepy shut-down asylum. Which one they want? Okay. <laughs> There's a number. Not, There's like a lot of not, asylum it's, movies. It's, it's not Series 7, but it came out around that time. And it, Session 9. Session 9. And yeah. it had a number nine. in the title. Thank you. Yeah, when you mentioned before about, like, why would you build an apartment building that's the perfect setting for a horror film? It's like, why would you build an insane asylum that's the perfect setting yeah. for a horror film? Yeah, it was like the cruelty of humans is to <laughs> to uh, inflict that kind of horror on another person, and then we just live with it. <laughs> we just live with it. I have to admit, while I was watching it, the movie that I went back to as a reference, and this is 
a very trash movie, but Leprechaun in the Hood. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> I love that movie really? so much. Oh my God. I feel so justified right now. <laughs> it is so good. Tell me everything. No, it just, I, I just was transported back to watching that back in the day. And I was like, it gave me like similar vibes. That's, that's all. But no one ends up in a beautiful red dress and heels at the end. I do. <laughs> That would be so great if you just came out like in the. It'd be beautiful. Oh, here's what I just learned tonight: is April loves Leprechaun in the Hood. That's amazing. I had it on VHS. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, yes. oh. Uh, the ending of this movie makes me think of uh, the ending of Do the Right Thing, where it, there's there's Ooh. just kind of like everything gets to this boiling point and it blows up. And you're just yelling at cops, and you, you you know that you know the truth that happened, and the cops don't. And there's just kind of like all this conflicting ideas that are happening uh, on film. But as you watch them, you know, I mean, you know the truth. Oh, or like the Night of the Living Dead. Oh, this see, see, that's what I'm saying. That's what Where that's the what black guy saves everybody and the <laughs> shoot him anyway. Don't tell, don't tell him the end. Oh, come on, spoiler alert. It's been fifty years, <laughs> April. I think I get to spoil the end <laughs> of that film. <laughs> but well, and it's actually sort of the opposite of the Ghostbusters ending, which is you know they 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 come out of the building and everybody's cheering them and you know like yeah. they're 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 triumphant in this one yeah it's like they get dragged off to the pokey the, the the i thought of ghostbusters i thought of the female reboot of ghostbusters when moses is running down the hallway and like has uh the samurai sword and just like taking everybody out i immediately went to kate mckinnon just in that oh. fucking badass shot which is like taking everybody out <laughs> so dope uh, if anybody has any questions, we have microphones right It can be here. about the movie. It can be yes. about this program. It can be about anything. I can come out and like and, and stand next to you if, it, if we you have feel a brave weird victim. coming up and like, uh, oh, here we yeah, go. Yeah, because they would feel weird if you stand next to them. See? I just, I wanted to ask because I was looking in the movie about if we found out why she lived there, but I didn't see it. So if you could elaborate yeah, on why Sam lives there. Because nurses don't make that much money. <laughs> that's not. I mean, all the nurses I see are like balling. I don't. Well, <laughs> I think that's just NHS stuff. I was going to say this is. <laughs> they, they have like they have a, a a working healthcare system, but it just means that their healthcare workers are also underpaid. Underpaid. I think that's the Britishism of it, probably. Yeah, and the fact that I think you know, like her boyfriend or husband or whatever seemingly doesn't have a job and just does mission work, you know, in Africa. <laughs> you know, I'm just That saying. look you're giving is just so that you're like, mm, I judge people who volunteer. <laughs> We've all done it, but the little boy had a point. Help the people out in your local community. <laughs> just saying. It's true. It's true. Okay, this is exciting. I see hands, so line up at the mics oh, yes. because we Excellent. do want to record all of this. <laughs> No, can I, no, no. Can yeah, I just sorry. add that you. I mean when I so when I was watching it, I I personally wouldn't classify them mugging her at the beginning as quote unquote bad. Yeah. Um and I only say that because as someone who grew up in the hood in the projects, it is like just a, a complex identity, I think, in terms of uh uh 
I look at it as like they're, they're trying to save their community. They're trying to to to. Uh, uh, <laughs> we've seen plenty of communities today that were once historically one way and that are no longer. And so I just think there's like a complexity in in their decision making. Um, so no, it's not good. But I also don't necessarily look at it as as bad either. And so for me, it wasn't hard to make a, a, a shift at all um, in terms of seeing the other parts of their, you know, nuance and complexities in terms of like, you know, having a little bit of regret, you know, because she actually does live there and she seems to be cool or whatever the case may be. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, the, the thing that was weirder, I think, was the moment right after it where they attack the monster unprovoked. Like like you were saying, the mugging, they f- there's obviously layers going on, sociopolitical stuff going on, but they do. They they take her into the fold really quickly. They try to explain, hey, it wasn't you, it wasn't personal. The like chasing down the animal and being like, I want to kill it, <laughs> like that was a little bit more um, gut twisting, I think, than the mugging itself was. And that was weird to see a Lord of the Flies moment right I'm, there. I actually right? agree with that. That's the scarier part for me. I was just like, teenage boys freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> They're scary. That, that part was freaky. But then when you see John Boyega's face, when he realizes, I think it's when Tina tells him, like, they're at the, every action has a consequence. Mm-hmm. That's when... Like, you see it flick in his head. Like, that was, I think, the... You see, that's his hero moment, it seems like. And I also don't want to yeah. let the, the our female protagonist off easy. Yeah. Because, like, she's she's walking to her house and she's scared as shit. Like, she's, ex- she's, she's expecting something bad to happen. And something bad happens, unfortunately. Right? And yep. so, like, I, I think there's a, there's a little bit of responsibility that she, too, can play in terms of, you know, I will say this. When I grew up in the hood, I was told that you carry, your, you carry yourself in a particular way so that people know that you don't, that they don't fuck with you. Right? Yes. She yes. is all bundled up, okay? <laughs> she sees them on the sidewalk. She walks in the middle of the street. Girl, walk down the side. They gonna move. Act like you've been there before. Act like you live Act there, like you know? They, they did not hand out that handbook, I think. <laughs> you did not just give her a look what she was wearing. I definitely looked at what she was wearing. Oh, I'm, man. Listen, I'm a, I'm a homosexual. I can't help it. Um, it's, it's my thing. Um, yeah, but there's, but a, there's a look at what she's wearing and look at what she was wearing. Those are two different things. Well, it, was, it wasn't a look at what she was wearing like she shouldn't have worn that, but it was more so, because you can wear whatever you want, but it's, it's how you walk down the street. It's your energy, you know? It's your aura. You walking down the street, I'm be like, I can fuck with her. She probably ain't got shit, but I can fuck with her, you know? I'm going to shut up now. No, no. <laughs> Any final thoughts uh, on the movie before, before we wrap this besides up? Besides that Travel is a monster? Travel <laughs> Seriously, like, carry yourself with confidence around Travel. <laughs> <laughs> or else it's all your fault. I'm just a product of my environment. <laughs> Uh. No? All right. Well, solid, yo. Well, uh, we thank you very much uh, for coming out and enjoying uh, this movie with us. Uh, It's great. Uh, 
Fucking show it to people. Let people know about it. Spread the word on it. And uh, tell people that uh, there's this podcast called Who Shot You? Maybe they might like it. Yeah, (laughs) we can do that as well. How dope are Alonzo, April, and and Travel? I mean, I just... Right! 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 And Ricardo Luis Carmona, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I just yell shit, and I'm like, I think this movie's dope! And then people, like, smile and look at me and go, he gets very happy easily. But, like, I learn learn shit from them every week, and it's very dope, and uh, it's so awesome to do a show with them. Uh, please, please listen to our show and please uh, leave us five star reviews and check us out on iTunes and tell everybody. Switchblade uh, Sisters. Switchblade Sisters, though. Switchblade Sisters. Linoleum Knife. Linoleum Knife Podcast. Subscribe to the LA Times. Yes, subscribe. Keep me employed, please. Yes, not not owned by evil people as far as we know. (laughs) They are untrunked. For now. Uh, We want to thank the Dynasty Typewriter Theater for letting us do this. It's much appreciated. Uh, Shout out to our producer, Casey O'Brien. Shout out to our senior producer, Laura Swisher. This has been a production of MaximumFun.org. And I think that's what's up, yo! MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.